The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are caring for a person with autism, Great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. We are here to have the conversations that will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, Um, Vice President of Business Development at Autism Spectrum Therapies an agency that provides services to individuals uh, with autism and other developmental disabilities across the country. Uh, I'm also a board-certified behavior analyst, or BCBA, and I've been working with kids with autism, uh, providing ABA services for 12 years now. Um, you know, I'm, I, I was all prepped today to, uh, to talk clinical, to talk about therapy and services, and I just, just, you know, getting ready for the show, um, doing, you know, my, I guess doing my day job while I, before I, I go into the show and, and hosting today, um, I participated in a lengthy meeting with uh, some colleagues of mine here at AST or, um, looking at some changes that are going on with uh, some funding out there that probably doesn't affect everyone, but uh, I'm sure affects a, a percentage of, of our listeners, um, which has to do with TRICARE. And, you know, rather than going through every single detail, every single uh, uh, piece of these changes, um, at a high level, um, the military, um, their, their insurance that they provide to um, both active duty, to reserves, to retirees, has gone through some changes. And the, the benefits out there for active duty um, personnel has stayed the same. There, there's always been a good um, autism benefit for uh, resources and services. Um, but over the last few years, retirees um, in particular have uh, expressed some concerns about limited benefits and, and specifically limited access to ABA services or applied behavior analysis, um, the stuff I provide. And this past year, uh, they went through uh, a, a number of conversations in D.C., and really brought about uh, a new pilot program. And it just went into effect, actually, probably about two weeks ago. And this new pilot program has uh, really brought about some, some new terms, some new concepts, um, and uh, a different vision of, of how services are, are delivered um, when, it, when you look at it from a parent's perspective of, of specifically funding and, and the other resources you need. And... One of the things, one of the, the dramatic changes we were speaking about is that the amount of diagnostic testing that is required underneath this new pilot program specific to uh, the retiree class is much greater than anything that uh, TRICARE is required for active duty personnel and is, in fact, greater than anything I've seen uh, for any of the insurance companies I've worked with. Um, the two critical tests that 
they look to increase the frequency of are uh, the ADOS, which is a screening tool that is very commonly used by pediatricians, developmental psychiatrists, psychologists, etc., um, in screening or diagnosing autism. The other test is a test that is commonly used by ABA folks, um, but uh, not always used consistently or on a regular basis is called the Vineland. And the Vineland is a developmental based, uh, developmental test. It looks at how is this child progressing developmentally as compared to the average child. It's, it's a really nice test to see, am I bridging the gap? You know, the whole point of early intervention um, is to bridge the gap developmentally, not just through these individual goals that we target, but uh, from a, a greater developmental level. And the Vineland is um, able to evaluate that. The problem with all of this is that BCBAs, such as myself, are rarely trained to administer the Vineland or qualified to do it, and we are never trained and qualified to administer the ADOS. So what this all means is that a family who is receiving services through this benefit, through this new pilot program, has to rely more heavily on a pediatrician or a licensed psychologist or whomever is that um, medical person um, who is working on their case. And the, the program kind of outlines that in many ways this, this medical professional um, or this psychologist is really kind of the uh, almost the clinical case manager for each child. And what really got me thinking about this and um, that kind of stuck with me is that now more than ever there's this greater need for these families to find a good, qualified, educated pediatrician, psychologist, whomever, who not only is qualified to administer these tests, but who understands autism, understands the, uh, the behaviors, understands the therapies, understands just the, the whole framework that is uh, someone with autism. And, you know, through all of our conversations, we know that there's a shortage of folks like this you know, the growing, and there's a lot of people we've had on the show who have been talking about the efforts that they've been doing to increase their awareness. I mean, I, I'm still now even more impressed by, by my own doctor who wants to increase the awareness because he knows he has so many patients who are on the spectrum, and he doesn't feel qualified to provide the full level of support that he wants to. And it's this shortage, it's this, it's this gap that, I, that I'm afraid of. It's this, okay, so many families here in LA have told me there's a six-month waiting list to see someone for a diagnosis. Well, now if you need to get the ADOS again, how much planning needs to be done? And um, I think it really strikes me as this, this opportunity for us to make sure to really start the awareness now because this could spread. This is a trend that could go into other programs if it works, whether it be um, maybe for active personnel. Um, and it's one that I think we need to be really aware of. It's um, regardless of how much this spreads or not, I think all of us out there, especially parents who, who have children receiving services through their insurance companies, really understanding the importance of um, having a good psychologist or having a good pediatrician who has the autism awareness and getting them involved in their child's program, even if it's just from a 
collaborative, uh, conversational, you know, my BCBA talking with my psychologist every few months just to give a brief update. I think that type of collaboration is going to go a long way in, in maintaining these opportunities. Um, and then us on the other side of the community thinking about how do we get these resources to communities that don't have them? Because as I said, I've heard from so many families from all over Southern California, um, as well as in Seattle and New Orleans and, and Northern California, actually, um, there's not enough people qualified, trained, um, experienced in this to truly provide the guidance. And so we need to develop more folks like that. Um, so it's just a, a lot more work and a lot more focus that we're going to need to to put together, but I think this is an important thing for us to, to put our energy into. Um, if you've got more questions about uh, the, this TRICARE pilot that I've been referring to, uh, if, if you think this may fall under, or you may fall under this, or maybe something that affects you, um, a couple of things I, I recommend. Uh, Autism Speaks um, has some great information up there. Um, their Autism Votes website has always been a great resource for me when it comes to a lot of these issues. And I know they're doing a number of things to speak up and inform people about this new pilot. Uh, you could also go to our website, autismtherapies.com. Um, I've posted a few resources and we'll be posting a few more resources on this um, new pilot program just to help families. So if, if you want more information, I think those are two great resources to look at. All right, now let's jump into our show. Um, today, I am really excited to be uh, joined by just a, a great guest, um, someone who really brings just a very diverse but important perspective to our community. Uh, today, I'm, I'm joined by Ariva Martin. Uh, Ariva is a nationally recognized children and women's rights advocate and autism spokesperson. She's the founder of and the president of uh, Special Needs Network Incorporated, a Los Angeles-based nonprofit organization created specifically to raise awareness of issues that impact individuals with autism and related disabilities living in underserved and marginalized communities. The Special Needs Network has provided services to over 30,000 families in communities across California and was instrumental in leading the charge for the passage of the state's first autism mandate, Bill SB 946, which requires health, private health insurance companies to fund autism therapies. On top of all of this, Ariva has also shared her story as a mother of an autistic child um, and her legal expertise in her second book, which is called The Everyday Advocate, Standing Up for Your Child with Autism and Other Special Needs. Ariva, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk with other folks in the community and find out what's going on in the Los Angeles autism community. Uh, absolutely, and, and, and you know, that's one of the big reasons why I was so excited to have you on because I, I, I've been here for nine years, and I really feel like I was kind of embarrassed. I, I didn't know too much about the Special Needs Network until the last couple of years, and I just think the work you guys are doing is, is just so incredible. Um, I was just excited for you guys, for you to be here to, to spread some of what you're doing, and I was hoping maybe you could give everyone some background about how the organization came about and, um, and, and, and what the, the, I guess, the beginnings of it were? Well, Special Needs Network uh, is a, as you said, nonprofit organization that I co-founded about seven years ago after uh, my own son, Marty, was diagnosed with autism. I found it incredibly difficult to access the services that he needed to thrive. 
and I realized that many other parents in the L.A. community were having similar issues. There were national organizations that were working on the issue of awareness and finding a cure for autism, but there weren't a lot of grassroots organizations that boots on the ground, uh, helping families connect to resources and services, and really being a voice for uh, families who don't have uh, a great deal of education, don't have a great deal of finances or resources. So Special Needs Network is that organization. It is the go-to uh, nonprofit in Los Angeles, really in the state of California, that provides a voice for underserved communities who are raising uh, kids who have a range of developmental disabilities, autism, cerebral palsy, uh, emotional disturbances, learning disabilities, uh, mental health issues. We are not just autism-focused. We, we help kids uh, pretty much, I think of it as, as all kids who have any kind of special needs, who have uh, the need for special education, that have the need for a special medical care or some kind of uh, attention beyond that which typical kids need in a school or community setting. And we do a variety of things. We're, you can see us in Sacramento working on policy issues, uh, helping to pass laws that provide more resources. Uh, you can see us running a summer camp in South Los Angeles, the only free, uh, fully included uh, camp for kids with special needs. Uh, you can see our work uh, at one of the largest health fairs and back-to-school events that we do. Uh, and we're embarking upon building the only uh, health and autism and developmental disability clinics in the county of L.A. So we have just, uh, we, we take the issue of special needs kids very uh, seriously and are there to try to provide resources both for families and professionals. That's incredible. I, I really want to, I want to make sure we, we tackle on some of these key issues you brought up, but we've got a commercial. So let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back and talk more with Areva Martin. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to more info at autismtherapies.com. That's more info at autismtherapies.com. 
Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, and I'm joined today by Ariva Martin, uh, founder of the Special Needs Network. Um, you know, one of the things, Ariva, that I was really impressed by, and you kind of touched upon it in, in your summary of the group, is you guys do an incredible job of focusing in on like those, the smaller, you know, I, I, small is probably not the right word, but like those, the local things like a camp or about local resources and services. But I've, I was really impressed by, it seems equal to that is a, is a greater vision, a greater purpose. There's, there's almost like a political and, and I guess a social um, focus and message to, to the organization. And I was curious, was that always the intention? And then how do you balance out having those two focuses? And that's a good question. And, you know, typically you find organizations are either or. You know, they're they're focused on kind of national issues or they choose to focus on more local issues. We have the benefit of having a lot of uh, friends in politics. And we were able to get their attention early on as we started this organization to impress upon them the importance of some of these issues. So we have champions that saw the need and realized that through their positions, uh, through the legislature, through the state legislature and the county uh, government system here in L.A. and even the federal, that we can make some changes. So we, we do both. We don't think that changing lives or changing communities happens uh, at one level, but it's a very holistic approach, and yes, we are very strong in terms of our advocacy uh, as it relates to policies and laws. And we also realize, though, that today are issues that families face on a daily basis. And they want help, they need help, and they require a great deal of help. And some of the simple things, like just providing a local resource. So you can call our office if you have a child and you're trying to find a preschool, you're trying to find a, a good elementary school, you're trying to find a therapy center. So some of the basics, you know, sometimes people get so focused on the big picture that they lose sight of the basic needs that parents have. And I think one of the benefits of me being a parent with a child is I get it. Uh, you know, in my day job, I like to say I'm a lawyer, so I, I get the importance. I don't like to say that. That's, that's a reality. <laughs> I am a lawyer. So my legal training gives me, I think, the vision about the importance of policy and policy advocacy but my job as a mom, you know, keeps me grounded and in touch with what the day-to-day needs of parents are. And so we, we have found, I think, that happy medium of, you know, uh, forming an organization that both serves the needs of, of families, like through a summer camp that we're running now, while at the same time, you know, commenting on and working with other strategic partners around legislation. So we just know the need for families, uh, you know, the need is great. And so we try to plug in wherever we can. You know, you talked about, and I know in, in my introduction, we, we talked about some of these issues that affect the entire state. You know, SB 946 was a, was a huge thing for the state of California. I know there's still a lot of work going on around it. But one of the things that I found personally attracted me to the organization and um, was really uh, impressed by was just the work you guys do with the underserved communities. And I was hoping you could share kind of from your perspective, like why is that such an important area for us to focus in on as a community? You know, Rob, what I found was that 
the underserved community are folks who didn't have a lot of money. When, when autism really, my son is a teenager, young teenager now, mm-hmm. and when he was diagnosed and, you know, you would pick up a magazine or you'd turn on the television and, and what little there was about autism always had the face of a little white kid. And, and I think the, uh, for whatever reasons, the media painted autism as a disease that primarily impacted upper-income, affluent white families. And that was the focus. And the needs of an uh, upper-income family, you know, uh, household that, you know, six-figure household, seven-figure household, whatever, are so dramatically different than those of families who are, you know, the the mom and dad may be broken up, Mm -hmm. uh, the parent might be, you know, holding down two or three jobs just to pay their rent, you know, provide transportation. And I didn't find very much in the autism community that addressed those needs. And some of it, again, is very basic, like you are offering a training program and you're charging $250 for it and it's in the San Fernando Valley. Well, if I'm a single parent in South Los Angeles, first of all, I don't have $250 to pay to go and learn about the latest in therapies. I may not even have transportation to get me you know, across the 405 to get to this program. I may not have child care uh, that I can avail myself of to allow me to go to this program. So when I looked around our community and saw what was being offered, none of it was, was offered in a way that made sense to those families who had very different financial, you know, situations mm-hmm. and issues. So Special Needs Network, you know, realized these families are, are equally important. Their issues are equally important. But what they need is dramatically different than the families on the west side of the families living in Encino. So what we did was to say, well, let's address the needs of these families. Let's give them a voice. Let's give them programming in their own community that meets their needs. Let's galvanize them. Let's empower them. So we we do this parent advocacy training program. We train now over 300 grassroots parent leaders. Let's help them become a stronger voice so that they can go to Sacramento, so that they can go to the county board of supervisors, so that they can go to city hall, and they can tell their own stories, and they can advocate uh, for more resources, for more services in their own communities. So th- that's why that we found that the voice of the underserved was so important, mm. because it wasn't a part of the equation. It wasn't a part of the conversation. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you hear a lot about how expensive autism can be to a family. And, and, but you're right. We, I feel like you always hear it from someone either sitting behind, you know, it's a, it's a newspaper person or a magazine writer talking about the story, and it's, it's always an, an affluent family who's, who's able to spend. You don't hear about the family who it's like, yes, this is that expensive, but there's nothing I can do to afford that price tag. And I, I feel like I always hear stories about families who can afford the price tags. And, you know, Rob, that's being played out so, uh, you know, it's being played out daily with the passage of SB 946. So Mm -hmm. you hit upon that. So SB 946, for your listeners, is is a mandate bill that says private health insurance companies have to pay for autism therapies. Now, the big issue that was before the legislature this term was co-pays and who should pay for the co-pays because there were many families, middle class, upper middle class, affluent families who were receiving their services from regional centers, and they were now being switched over to their private insurance, and their private insurance was being asked to pick up the tab for the therapies. And the question of co-pays came up. 
and you know advocates and specialists that were joined in with advocates to try to get uh, a provision so that regional centers would pay for those co-pays. But during the debates, I had to say to one of my colleagues, you know, I get that this is an important issue and that there are lots of middle-class families who maybe make seventy, eighty thousand combined income, and having to pay these co-pays is, you know, uh, a financial burden. And I want to help alleviate that burden. But at the heart of this, for me, there are families who don't have private health insurance, mm-hmm. who have Medi-Cal, and Medi-Cal is exempt. So they're not having a conversation about can they pay their, their co-pay. They're not even up to the plate in terms of their insurance that they're providing through the state of California, even covering yeah. the insurance, even covering the the cost of autism therapies. So you talk about a community being split, and, you know, there they're really being two huge issues here. So as much as I supported the copay, I, I had to tell my colleagues, I'm much more concerned about Medi-Cal mm-hmm. and the fact that Medi-Cal doesn't even cover Oh, yeah. This therapy. So we have the most vulnerable population in the state not even being in the game. You know, so, so some middle-class families may have to stretch. They may have to not take a summer vacation to pay their co-pays. Mm, you know, is that a problem? Yeah, maybe. But if I'm looking at a family that makes $24,000 a year, Mm-hmm. that's struggling because, you know, they're, they're below the poverty line and they don't even get it covered, that's a bigger problem for me. Well, so, and from a know. national perspective, you know, I, I work with families across the country and there's no such thing as a regional center. So I know I've spoken to a lot of families who, who articulate exactly what you're saying, you know, because the regional center is not in the equation. It's, you know, families say, okay, I get that this is my copay. I'll figure out how to make it work. And then there's the families who say, I have nothing. How is Medi-Cal, or sorry, uh, how is Medicaid, uh, Medicaid going to step in yeah. and help me, the equivalent? So I, I think that's a yeah. really great point. And, and it's, a, it's a debate. And, you know, I, I had one of my colleagues said, you know, well, these co-pays are going to bankrupt these families. I said, you know, I get that. And, and maybe that needs to be fixed, too. Mm-hmm. But if that child had cancer, that child had diabetes, that yeah. child had any other condition, and they had to pay these co-pays, you know, how are families surviving with that? Mm-hmm. And we have to be fair about this. And, and it may mean a sacrifice. It might mean you don't get to go on that vacation. You don't get to, you know, build that, you know, study onto your house or, or put the pool in your backyard. But I don't think it's fair that, you know, we, we focus on those families mm-hmm. who can do it, may not be comfortable to do it, but they can do it. Yeah. And there are thousands and thousands, if not millions of families cannot. Yeah. Simply cannot. Yeah. You know, it's not a question of a vacation or the second car or the kids' private college tuition. It's a question of, you know, shelter. Yeah. Transportation, food, basic, you know, substances, things that we all need to survive. So, you know, there there's and in some ways you're right. I have colleagues and friends in other parts of the country. We're spoiled in California. You know, the Lanterman Act is, is a phenomenal you know, benefits program that many states don't have. So, yep. uh, and I, I benefited from it with my own son, and I've helped other families gain access to it, and it's a wonderful program. But we have to be real about what it costs the state to administer, and again, how those families who are not included, how are we going to serve them? Yeah. Now, I think that's a, that's a, a great point and, and a good one for us to, uh, to end on when we go to our, our next commercial break. So let's take one more break, and we'll be right back.
Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm joined today by Ariva Martin. Um, you know, one of the things I, I was probably most excited to talk to you about today, Reva, was um, this press conference that you put on a few months back that I was fortunate enough to attend. Um, and you were uh, joined by uh, a really impressive researcher from UCLA, and you guys were announcing a new project, um, a genetics project that you were working on. And I, the, the science, or I guess the former science student, w- was really interested in it. But also, you know, my work in autism just, it, it really spoke to me. And I was hoping you could share with everyone a little bit about um, what that project is and, and what, it, what it's going to mean for our community. Yeah, it's, it's a really exciting project. Dr. Dan Geshwin, uh, a neurologist uh, at UCLA, received a $13 million grant from the National uh, Institute of Health, NIH, uh, to do a five-year study on the genetics of autism and African-Americans. Uh, not much has been done in terms of looking at the genetic makeup of children and adults with autism who are from African descent. And Dr. Geshwin, uh, being a geneticist, knew that the genetic makeup of different uh, ethnic groups uh, is typically different, and he decided that if he could study the genetic makeup of African Americans in autism, perhaps he would learn something about the markers, mm-hmm. and perhaps that could help families in the future uh, do genetic testing uh, at pregnancy or pre-pregnancy and give them some clues about the chances of their children having autism. So uh, we learned that the project is special needs network and became very uh, excited about it because uh, it's one of, of, you know, of, of only one projects like that around the country, particularly in this part of the country, I should say, not around the country, but in this state, that's really looking at the uniqueness of African-Americans in autism. So we put together this program, the press conference that you're referencing in May, 
to have Dr. Deshawn come and just tell us a little about what he was going to study, uh, why he was interested in it. And we also invited policymakers because, again, especially in networks, we understand that, that policy uh, and resources and, you know, uh, dollars all work together. So we wanted our policymakers to know about this project because we also wanted them to be thinking about, again, what are some of the unique aspects of, of families who are African-American mm-hmm. and are raising kids with autism and from a policy perspective. So we had Assemblywoman Holly Mitchell, who's the chair of the California Black Legislative Caucus. She spoke on the program panel. We had uh, L.A. County uh, Board Chair Supervisor Margaret A. Thomas. He was there. Uh, he's also the chair of First Five, and we had the COO from First Five speak, uh, John Weber, and the reason we uh, hosted that First Five and had First Five representatives because First Five has uh, become very interested in autism, early diagnosis, early intervention, and they have funded several policy grants looking at, again, issues of, of communities of color and autism. Mm-hmm. And they just recently released about $3 million, maybe close to $4 million, that they're going to fund, uh, again, nonprofit organizations who are looking at the issue wow. of autism and early intervention. So we want to bring together the nonprofit world that's already, you know, funding autism uh, issues, first five, policymakers. Uh, the supervisor was responsible for getting uh, that funding uh, uh, allocated at first five under his uh, resolution he passed on the board, and now as the chair, he's continuing to push first five to make more funds available. And then Holly Mitchell who's been a champion at the state level for returning things like early start programs that we saw go away when California was in its most severe budget crisis state. And one of the things that uh, Holly Mitchell asked Dr. Gishwin to do was to set up an advisory board. Mm -hmm. Because it was very clear from Dr. Gishwin's presentation that although he had, you know, been very successful in getting this money, that they didn't have a connection. Yeah the African-American, Latino, minority community right here in L.A. So he was having to go to Washington University in St. Louis, Cincinnati, Ohio, and another site outside of California to get his data from black families. Mm -hmm. And we just thought that was ridiculous because we're saying, wait a minute, there's a huge population of African-American families here in L.A. who would gladly participate in this study. But they weren't able to, in securing the funding, include that population in the grant because they didn't have relationships. So one of the things that uh, has happened since the press conference is conversations with Dr. Gershwin between uh, Dr. Gershwin and Special News Network on trying to form an advisory committee bridging the gap between UCLA and that research institution and the minority community right here in L.A. so that as future dollars come into that institution that families in this community can participate in these fun, in these studies and clinical trials. You know, it's kind of ridiculous to think that he has to import data from black families, you know, across the country when there's so many African-American families right here in this community. Yeah. So we're excited about the beginning of what we think can be a very, very positive and productive relationship with UCLA. And since UCLA uh, had, you know, since that press conference, I've also had conversations with LA Biomed, which is a large geneticist organization affiliated with LA Harbor, UCLA Harbor, about also looking at their opportunities. Uh, they have one of the top geneticists in the country 
that just left Cedar sinai that just joined L.A. Biomed, and one of their chief of neurologists, neurology is uh, a doc who has a son on the spectrum. So I'm also trying to get them interested in applying for NIH dollars and other foundation grants to look at, again, this question of African-Americans and autism. So, you know, the, the future is bright, we think, for some, yeah. some fruitful genetic studies to take place. Yeah, I wonder, is, is there kind of, you, you, you touched upon the idea, this, this concept, and, and, I, and I remember being taken aback by that, too. It's, I was born in the Bronx. I was actually born at Albert Einstein Hospital, which is one of the places, if I recall. Yeah, one of the sites. Yeah, that's where I was born. I was born in, and grew up there in the Bronx. And, and, um, but, and I had that reaction that you had. Is, it's so funny. Here's UCLA, what, 20 miles away, and <laughs> he's not having access. It, do you guys think that one of the other outcomes here is, you know, UCLA has got all these different programs on top of what he's doing. Is, is In a way, is this a way to get, I guess, more of a connection to a, a group like UCLA or a group like Cedars or, or these other parts of the community? Like you said, West LA or the West Side, it has different needs than South Los Angeles. And there's there's maybe a different level of awareness. Is this type of project something that can bridge the gap or start to bridge the gap? Well, Rob, we surely hope so. And, you know, you said UCLA didn't have access. And I just want to, you know, be clear, UCLA has access but hasn't worked on building mm. relationships outside of that UCLA community. Okay, thanks. And, you know, they kind of exist in a silo. And, and Dr. Geshwin, you know, he said, look, I'm a scientist. You know, I, I go into a lab, I keep my head down, I apply for grants, and I just, you know, uh, my job is test tubes and, and microscopes. But the institution UCLA clearly has the resources and the ability. I think, you know, we just have to create more dialogues, more conversations like that press conference to get them to understand the richness of the resources that are already in their own backyard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so hopefully, again, by the time the next grant application is made through this advisory committee, through these conversations we hope to have, uh, you know, they're not having to go to – Ohio or New York or, or Missouri or, you know, participants, but that they can draw from the families that are right here in this community. Uh, you know, not to bash UCLA because, you know, they do a great job at oh, sure. these things, but, you know, it's very easy, I think, for large institutions to become, you know, overly bureaucratic and mm-hmm. to become disconnected, you know, geographically disconnected, culturally disconnected, you know, from communities that are 10, 15, 20 miles away from them. So we are always looking for collaborative partners. Like I said, we were in conversations with L.A. Biomed. Uh, we've had conversations and we, we did some collaborative work with USC. We just know that, you know, we have these wonderful universities and institutions in our community, and, and we need to find ways to open them up, yeah. to get the researchers, I guess, went out of those labs to get their communication staff, their public policy folks, their social workers, you know, and the other disciplines uh, more involved and more connected around these issues. Well, and so, and, you know, I, I, I'm listening. I, re- I remember, I think someone even said this at the conference and, and listening to you, I think, more about it. It's, you know, there's such a shortage of resources across the entire Los Angeles area. I feel like it's so easy to get insulated into the community where you yourself are located because there's yeah. probably so many people in need that it becomes really easy to forget about a, a different community 20 miles away that is still part of your community, but 
um, there's just not enough. It feels like oftentimes there's just not enough to go around, and that contributes to people maybe looking a little bit uh, smaller circle than like larger circle. Yeah, I think that's some of it, and I think some of it is just familiarity and comfort. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a lot easier, obviously, to work with folks you know and and communities that you know. But look at the the missed opportunities. Look at the missed, you know, opportunities to collaborate, and then there's a synergy that can happen, you know, from that project. So, like I said, Special Needs Network can bring its political uh, you know, uh, power, might, friends, associates. It can bring uh, a community that's that's hungry for information and knowledge and families that are, are already willing and able to participate. So there's so many, you know, opportunities for successful collaboration that I think we just all have to work a little harder at, yeah. uh, particularly if we want to change what you just said is the scarcity of resources. How do yeah. we change that? I mean, we, we can't accept that as the status quo. And to change it, we know there's power in numbers, and we're far more likely to change it if we're all working together as a unified community on some key issues than if we're working, you know, in fragments. So when, if we want to change, you know, to get SB 946 passed, that took a mammoth effort of, you know, organizations all over the state to come together. So change doesn't happen in a silo or a vacuum. Yeah. You know, it really happens in a much more, you know, holistic approach. So. Uh, again, we're hoping that these conversations are the beginning yeah. of something that will start to break down some of those silos. Yeah, I mean, and, and that collaboration you're talking about, like that's, that's what actually got me excited is, you know, um, the idea of not accepting that our genetic database that we currently have that is primarily one ethnicity is going to cover everyone else. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Jewish man, and, and I grew up learning all about Tay-Sachs which is a a genetic disease that is pretty much exclusively um, something that impacts Jewish men. And there's, I don't understand the genetics, but that's the way it is. And so that kind of got brought up in in the press conference. And it's this collaboration is all these different groups coming together, working together, going outside of the the norms of who we maybe deal with, as you said, it could have monumental impact on every single community, every single ethnicity to have like a better awareness of what are those genetic markers and just doing the the norm ain't going to get us there. Absolutely. I I so much agree. And and like I said, I I think that was the catalyst. And since then we've at least had one other very meaningful conversation uh, in uh, with another group similar to UCLA. So I think, we're starting to see some movement that's positive in that regard. That's awesome. Well, we got one more commercial break we want to we need to take, and then when we come back, I want to talk about uh, another really cool event that you guys have going on. So uh, let's take our final break and then come back and talk a little bit more with Ariva Martin. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. 
Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Final segment here on Autism Spectrum Radio with Ariva Martin. Um, you know, I know we were, we've been talking a lot about the big picture stuff that, that you've been doing with, with your group. Um, but I know you also have, uh, again, going back to some of the resources and supports you guys are giving, um, I know you, you have an event coming up that, that sounded really interesting to me that I was hoping you could talk a little bit about. Um, I think it's called a health fair. And, uh, yeah, what? August 25th. Uh, which is a Sunday afternoon, we do uh, a large health fair and back-to-school giveaway. And we started this health fair because, again, as a way to bring resources into the community to provide families with access to those organizations that can help their kids. So we have uh, actual screenings. It's evolved to the point where we have these medical professionals that come out and do screenings. So we do dental screenings. We have developmental screenings, mental health screenings. Uh, This year we have mammograms, uh, blood pressure, diabetes, so screenings for both parents and adults, and then just the resources, therapy clinics, uh, you know, fun places that uh, kids can go, everything from, you know, gyms and soccer and ballet and dance and all of those resources that, again, would be available to typical kids, but if you're a parent of a special needs kid, you may not know what programs are out in your community. You may not know where there's a dentist that has experience with, you know, a special needs child. And uh, uh, we now provide haircuts for the kids. We have a barber college that comes in. Uh, Again, another difficult area for a lot of parents is finding, you know, barbers that can cut kids' hair because of, you know, some of the, the movement and activity the kids do who have special needs. So we have a barber college that comes in and gives all the kids haircuts for the uh, back to school. And we give away backpacks and school supplies. So it's really a family fun day. And, and one of the memorable parts about this, I remember about three years ago, someone telling my husband who was at the event that he looks forward to it because it's one of the few events where he can come with his special needs kids and no one's staring at him. You know, no one's, you know, questioning the behavior of his kids. His kids get to be who they are in a fun environment. So we're really excited about it. This is the eighth year that we've been doing it. It's just grown tremendously from uh, seven years ago when we started it. And 
It's just a time to bring the community together. We have over 50 vendors, healthcare and retail wow. vendors that are out uh, just just serving. You know, so many groups say, hey, you know, we want to give back. And again, creates that vehicle through which groups. Uh, we have a group coming in from Orange County that fits kids for custom-made helmets and gives away helmets for kids so when they're biking or, you know, on their skateboard or their scooters, they don't get brain injury. So, just a, an amazing outpouring of, of support from community partners as far as Orange County, the Inland Empire, coming into South L.A., you know, to just say that these kids matter and to help these families. That's awesome. You know, hearing you, you know, hearing you, uh, reading your book, um, I, I, I really love this message of parents. And, you know, so much of this is about advocacy and awareness and um, really, you know, especially in your book, you talk a lot about what parents can do, how they can teach their kids. You know, I'm sure we've got a lot of listeners who are hearing about all the different things you're doing, all the different types of concepts, um, services that are out there, and they're thinking, okay, you know, I want to go out there and get, do this. I want to help my child. I want to be more involved or, or, or pursue this. You know, do you have any quick tips for them of like what are the critical things they need to be aware of or to think about as they start getting involved? I think the critical thing is just having a desire to do it. There's so many organizations, I mean, especially in these network to, you know, National Autism Society to Autism Speaks. I mean, there's no uh, dearth of information about resources, I'm sorry, about organizations Mm -hmm. where families, parents can get involved. I think parents think that they have to have a tremendous amount of time. You may just have an hour. You, you may not have 20 hours a week to donate. You may have one hour that you can go to an event or go into a center and give and just know that any amount of time that you have is valuable and is probably going to be a godsend and a blessing to that organization. So I, I think the biggest tip that I, that I want to leave parents with is whatever you have to give, it's important. It's significant. And don't underestimate the value of it uh, because some people, you know, get caught up thinking, well, you know, I work full time. I, you know, I just don't have the time. And I say, wow, you know, you may just go for 30 minutes to your library and read to some kids. And if there's a special needs kid there that, that you know and you can recognize, you know, you, you may have that tolerance, that patience that's needed that someone else that hasn't had that experience uh, would have. So I, I just tell parents, jump in wherever you are, give whatever you can give, and know that what you have to offer is valuable to this community. Yeah. I, you know, and I think what you, you know, going back to this idea of SB 946, you know, I remember that getting passed, and I feel like it was parents who pushed so much of that. It, and it wasn't, you know, as much as it was groups, it was groups made up by parents. So much of you know, the people you work Absolutely. with are parents. And Absolutely. So, parents have so much power, and that's what we do through our parent training program, is really help parents unleash their power. You, know, yeah. you don't have to go to a thousand-hour seminar to a motivational guru to learn how to unleash your power. <laughs> we yeah. can help you. We can help you unleash your power and learn how powerful you are and to become empowered. And I think that's been, you know, the the hallmark of the work that I've been able to do is, is to really watch, and I've watched parents literally go from being shy and reserved and 
to now being able to literally go before, you know, legislators in Sacramento and tell wow. their story because they now feel empowered about their rights, you know, to advocate, their rights to ask that as funding is being decided for all kids, that special needs kids be included as well. Yeah. And that's really the message that, you know, I think parents have to, to embrace is we're not asking you know, to cut anyone else out. We're not asking that you take anything away. Because I have two typical kids. So, you know, I, I'm a sure. family that, that has an interest in all kids. But we're just asking that as you're planning your parks, as you're planning your activities, as you're planning, you know, your movie theaters, just think about our kids. Yeah, They yeah. want the same thing that any other kid wants. My son with autism loves music. He loves the movies. He loves eating out. You know, he loves all things typical. So... You know, as a community, as we embrace the huge number of kids who have some diagnosis, uh, I think we all have so much to learn from them uh, as well as we have to give back to them. Well, with all of that, I uh, I want to thank you for being on the show. I mean, it's I was really looking forward to having you on just because of that balance that your group presents and just the way you, you talk about empowering parents and even you know, the, the kids themselves as, as they get older, empowering our, our children as they become young adults, it, it, I think it's just an incredible message. Um, if for anyone out there who wants to find out more about you or the Special Needs Network, uh, what's the best way for them to, uh, to, to get that information? They can go on Special Needs Network uh, website. That's www.specialneedsnetwork.org. Uh, and they'll find lots of resources. They'll find information about the back-to-school event, the health fair. Uh, they'll find out about different policy uh, initiatives we have. Uh, and they'll just find, again, opportunities to get involved uh, with either Special Needs Network or other organizations because we have lots of links to other organizations on our site as well. But we encourage parents to check us out on uh, specialneedsnetwork.org. Great. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the show. All right. Thank you. My pleasure, Rob. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Um, Again, a minute left here, guys. I want to point out uh, two other really good shows that I think uh, go hand-in-hand. As you guys know, I'm trying to to create that synergy uh, from our different shows as we kind of go month-to-month. In May, we had two really great guests who I think um, have a lot of similar messages that that work well with with what we've been talking about today. The first was uh, Kim McLean. Um, an advocate who we spoke to on May 23rd, and the second one was Ahmed uh, Islam, uh, who we spoke to on May 3rd about his organization and the work he's been doing in Chicago with uh, Gabriel's Horn um, and helping underserved communities. Uh, Two great shows. Uh, I definitely recommend you guys check them out and give them a re-listen after hearing this because um, they they just work so well together. Um, If you have any questions, if you guys... Uh, have any comments, please spread them along um, to go along with the, this health fair and uh, back-to-school fair. Uh, I know you guys have heard me say before I want to do a back-to-school episode or, or mailbag, so now's the perfect time to get those questions and thoughts out there. Um, we're probably about uh, two-thirds through compiling our list of questions, but there's room for, for a few more. So uh, please pass them along. We want to make sure we, we uh, have that all, you know, answering all of your questions and meeting your needs. Um, I think I'm going to end there and wish you guys a happy weekend and and a great week. Um, And 
just as always, you know, take some time, take care of one another, and, and have some time to uh, to just appreciate the successes because I'm, I'm sure um, despite some of the struggles, there's been a lot of successes along the way. Take care, everyone. We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us for another edition next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.